Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Lon Sybin, and it's time once again for your weekly wrap-up. I'm going to try to run this off of my iPad today just for the heck of it. Let's see uh, how this goes. So on today's wrap-up, we're going to be looking at customer mods of bad products and does it make them better. I'm going to talk about my sick day I had to take last week. Uh, The Angry Video Game Nerd is on Amazon Prime now with an exclusive window to them in that his new content goes there first. We'll talk about that. AT&T and Verizon are in hot water over eSIMs. We're going to look at the network testing tool that I use for testing network devices on the channel. We're going to talk about why sponsored videos get reviewed by the sponsors more often than not and how to structure your YouTube business. A lot to talk about today. Let's get to it. We have some new members here on the channel to talk about. The first is a new Gold Level supporter that wishes to remain anonymous. I want to thank that individual for their contribution. We also have a new one on Patreon, Mike McKeever. I want to thank these two individuals and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis, along with those of you who watch on a regular basis, too, because all of those things, as I always say, equal channel growth. And I want to thank everyone for their continued support as we keep building whatever it is that I'm doing here. Uh, We also have a non-ad this week, an affiliate link for a company that I like to use quite a bit, and that, once again, is Audible. And my book recommendation for you for this week is... Uh, a book that I really enjoyed listening to called American Kingpin. And this tells the story of the Silk Road, which was this illicit marketplace that operated over the Tor network. And uh, the person that ran this kind of hid in plain sight. Nobody really suspected that this guy could do what he did. And uh, the entire investigation uh, was just a fascinating story. There were some people that kind of went rogue on the investigation as well. And Uh, all the way up to the actual takedown and how they prevented his laptop from encrypting itself was just a absolutely fascinating and riveting read. Uh, Nick Bilton does write some good stuff, and this is another great book of his. So if you are uh, interested in what happened with this thing, this is a great synopsis of uh, that entire affair. And now it's time for the Week in Review, and I've got three items that I uploaded to the Extras channel this week. I did two mini-reviews along with an unboxing of a PC on a stick that we'll be looking at a little later this week. Another one of those uh, Apollo Lake low-powered devices, so we'll see how well this one performs. I don't have high hopes here, but uh, Corey is testing it out right now. And I did want to talk briefly about uh, the network switch that I reviewed on the Extras channel. This is just a run-of-the-mill gigabit Ethernet switch, but it has... Uh, these little cable management slots where you can put your cables into it to maybe try to make them look a little more attractive. And uh, the rendering that they had on the Amazon page made the little slots for the wires uh, look larger than they are. But when I reviewed the item, I discovered that you really couldn't get your wires in there easily, and it was often crimping them when I put them in, you know, kind of putting a big crease in the wire and putting a lot of strain on it, and I wasn't very comfortable with that. And I got a couple of comments from folks saying, hey, you know what, just shave them down, it'll be fine, and, you know, I'm sure you could do that. And I think one of the challenges in running a tech channel that has both enthusiast technologists like us and uh, people who are just general consumers is that for a lot of us, sometimes we like to kind of do it ourselves. And you know what, we can make a little change 
change here and make this product be perfectly fine. But I think manufacturers need to get it right the first time, and that is why I dinged the product in my review, because uh, you really got to make a product that works and does what it's advertised to do, and the customer shouldn't have to resort to some DIY approach to getting that product to uh, basically reach its full potential here, and that was my big concern with it. And on the main channel, we looked at a couple of different things, including the Wise Security Camera Version 2. Uh, this is a $25 security camera that is fully functional. It's got its own little app that it connects with. It can do continuous recording to an SD card. Uh, there are some pitfalls with it in that it still requires you to connect to their servers, but uh, there's no monthly fee associated with it. But it can't work as a dumb camera. It has to work through their software. And, of course, that might be an issue some folks might have with it, which I pointed out in the review. But, again, for 25 bucks and no monthly fee, I think it's a pretty functional product. And uh, I was impressed with it. Uh, we also looked at the Gemini NUC and Plex transcoding. I know a lot of you were interested in that topic. If you missed it, it's up now. And I tested both the dual-core and quad-core Gemini Lake processors with Plex. And I was quite pleased with what we saw for performance even out of the dual core, and you can see that in the video there. I did have to run Linux to get this to work because for whatever reason, the Windows version of Plex didn't recognize the processor for the hardware transcoding. So uh, we did some Linux on there too, and it works great. And we also did a sponsored post for Mocha where we compared Wi-Fi mesh uh, with Mocha in that uh, we extended a network to a far-flung bedroom in my house, one with the wire on Mocha and the other with a uh, Google Wi-Fi system that had to hop between uh, those nodes in order to get the signal back down here for the Internet. And uh, it was a pretty fun project to undertake, and we got some great feedback, and I'd love for you to uh, check it out and let me know what you thought about that. And now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind, and this is week number 59 of me doing this as a full-time occupation. And uh, for the first time in uh, the entire year and change that I've been doing this full-time, I had to take a sick day. I had a fever uh, on Tuesday night. It was like 103 or something, and I just was not doing too great. So I took Wednesday off completely. I just sat in bed all day until I felt a little better, and I was fine by the evening. So uh, whatever it was, it went through quickly. But I had to take a sick day, and I asked my boss, and he said, that's fine. You can take the sick day and just make sure you work twice as hard on Thursday, which is what I did to catch up, but I am feeling much better. And uh, what I did is I kind of binged on some Netflix and I uh, made that excuse to uh, check out the new Lost in Space show from Netflix, which I got through. I started the night before, in fairness. I didn't spend the whole day watching it, at least most of it, well, maybe most of it, but not the whole day. Uh, and I was impressed with it, especially because of the budget. It really was a uh, pretty extensive production in that they've got you know custom-made vehicles that they're driving around in. The uh, Most of the, the show was shot on location uh, with all these sets built on location as well. So this was a pretty uh, huge undertaking and uh, the show was pretty good. In some ways, it kind of reminded me of The Walking Dead in that once you feel like you, they got somewhere where they can be safe for a little bit, some other calamity occurs. It kind of has that uh, feel to it. I thought maybe they probably stretched a few things out a little bit just to uh, fill up the episodes that they were creating to get the time in on this thing. But uh, overall, on balance, I thought it was an excellent uh, retelling of a pretty cheesy 60s sci-fi show. So this was pretty good. And if you are a fan of sci-fi, I think you might like this one. Not as good as The Expanse, by the way, which just started back up on sci-fi, but uh, good entertainment nonetheless. So good stuff happening on Netflix. I also wanted to talk about the Angry Video Game Nerd, one of my favorite YouTube channels. Uh, Mike Matei, who's uh, the Angry Video Game Nerd's partner in crime, uh, recently announced that 
All of the new nerd episodes are going to be appearing on Amazon first and then making their way over to YouTube. And uh, Mike Matei here had tweeted this out the other day, and a lot of their international viewers were concerned about this because you can't uh, get Amazon Prime Video in many countries. Uh, it is in the U.K., the U.S., Germany, and Japan, I believe, but not everywhere else. So what they're going to be doing is something called windowing, where they uh, put it up on uh, Amazon Prime for a few weeks, and then it will go over to YouTube after that. Uh, so some folks are going to have to wait a little longer for it. And I think you're going to see a lot more YouTubers doing this because uh, Amazon doesn't have the same revenue restrictions that uh, YouTube has been putting on people that sometimes use curse words in their content. So obviously the AVGN will sometimes uh, do some you know, toilet humor and maybe uh, use a, a couple words here or there that aren't uh, good for YouTube ad revenue. And this is kind of one way that a lot of larger creators are starting to make adjustments here. Uh, the way Amazon Prime Video works is that they uh, pay you by the watch hour uh, about six cents an hour, which comes from Amazon Prime subscribers. They also have some revenue sharing opportunities that you can do, so you can have the video display with advertising, where it'll give you a cut of that. Uh, I think it's about the same ratio as what YouTube does. And uh, for a large channel like this, with a lot of Amazon customers in the U.S., I think they may actually do pretty well, uh, again, windowing it here, because if they're doing half-hour episodes and there's a, you know, usually they get about a million views on YouTube here, even a fraction of that with every one of those minutes compensated, I think might be pretty good. I've been playing around a little bit with Amazon Video insofar as this channel has been concerned, and one of the issues I've had with it is that it doesn't have very good discovery and that it's hard for people to find your content. Content. But uh, when I booted up my Amazon Prime video the other day, sure enough, the angry video game nerd showed up here in trending TV. Uh, it might just be that they have some arrangement with Amazon that put them there. Uh, but I think it's also beginning to suggest uh, some of this independent content right next to some of the more commercial stuff. Because I am seeing now classic game room showing up there too. So I'm going to try to start experimenting with this. I'm not going to be doing that windowing where I'm exclusive on Amazon. But I have a lot of things that can kind of get consolidated into a series. And one thing we're working on this week is putting up um, my dispatches both from 2017 and 2018 uh, because let's all go together. And I think it might be a good thing where we could have a season per year of all the dispatches that I do, which are always fun to have. And I'm also going to look at maybe some of the other things that I've done, like my cord cutting series and a few other things that might be uh, very nicely packaged as episodic content. And just to put it up there and see what happens, because if they do start running a recommendation engine here, I think it might be good for the channel overall just to have another place to put content. And uh, I have noticed with the few videos that I have put up on Amazon, they're actually uh, generating uh, more revenue than I anticipated. So we'll have to see where uh, all of this comes together. But again, I'm not going to be doing anything exclusive. And uploading to Amazon is really difficult sometimes because you have to have good captioning. Uh, they do not like it when you direct people somewhere else. So if I say, hey, click the link over here and go to my website, a lot of times the people that review the content before it gets put on the Amazon system might actually reject it. So they let everybody in, uh, but they are very, very particular about uh, what they allow up on their platform. And often when I was uploading video, I have to continually go back and forth with them to fix this or fix that. They didn't like the fact that I had lon.tv in my thumbnail, which is what my brand name is. So I had to take the dot out of the .tv to uh, appease them on the thumbnail. So there's some things here that are frustrating for creators, but it is another avenue, and it looks like we'll be seeing more and more 
uh, larger YouTubers probably take advantage of that. So the iPad crapped out, so we're back to the laptop here. Let's take a look at some news that caught my eye this week. Uh, the United States Justice Department is currently investigating AT&T and Verizon over a wireless collusion claim. And this involved the eSIM technology that is showing up in devices like the new iPads, along with the Apple Watches and a few other things. Tiny devices where, you know, if you had to put in that SIM card slot, it might make it a little bit more difficult to have the device be thin and light. And it also gives consumer advantages in that if you want to change carriers, you don't have to go out and buy another SIM card. You just give the internal eSIM number to the carrier and very easily switch your service over. And you can imagine that makes some carriers a little nervous. And the Justice Department is looking into whether AT&T and Verizon uh, as competitors got together, colluded uh, with each other to try to get the eSIM standard modified so the eSIM could be locked on a device basis to a specific carrier. So, for example, you could buy an iPad, and even though it has the eSIM inside, it wouldn't work uh, with uh, Sprint, for example, because they locked that eSIM to the Verizon carrier. That's not currently part of the standard. Uh, the Justice Department here is looking to see if there was any kind of anti-competitive collusion here being done to make it a reality. And now it's time for a Q&A from you, the viewers. And our first question comes in here from uh, Tim via our Facebook group at lon.tv slash Facebook. And he's referring to my most recent Mocha video where we looked at a tool that tested the local area network speed and bandwidth. And he was wondering what tool I was using. And I'm using something called iPerf, which is an open source piece of software. And uh, what it essentially does is saturate your network and gives you a good idea as to what the maximum speed potential of it is. And I've been using this for a number of years now. And I wanted to show you uh, what it looks like. I've got two different versions of it here to demonstrate. So the first one here uh, is running in the command line. Uh, what I've got is uh, this application running right now on the desk here on this little laptop, and then I've got another version of it uh, running on my iMac over there. And this will run on Windows, Linux, Mac, everything that's out there, there's a version of iPerf for. And one of those copies is in server mode on the iMac, and this one is running in client mode. So you can see here it says iPerf3. Uh, we're going to go into client mode and we're going to hit this IP address, which is the iMac on my local network. And we'll see how fast data gets transited over to that device there. You can see we're running at about uh, 940 megabits per second, which is uh, good for a gigabit network in my opinion. So that is a good thing. Uh, but if you wanted something a little easier to use, I found this app called Wi-Fi Perf. Uh, it is free on the Mac App Store. It uses iPerf as its back end, but it puts a nice GUI around it. Uh, so you can see here I have some options that I can set that I would normally have to do via the command line. And I can send uh, data back and forth in two different directions here. So I could just click uh, to run this same test. It's now connecting over to the Mac in the other uh, side of the room here. And uh, we get a similar uh, amount of data is pushed back to us here as to how that is performing and you can get a feel for how your network is performing. What's cool about uh, Wi-Fi Perf is that it is the server and the client at the same time. So once you load the software up, you just take another Mac out, load it up on there, and you can send data back and forth and see how all of your uh, network is performing. It's a great way to kind of troubleshoot your Wi-Fi connections as well. I don't think it does any ping tests, so you'll have to find something else for that, but uh, it does a very good job of at running these uh, these iPerf connections here with a very nice graphical user interface. So Wi-Fi Perf on the uh, Mac App Store, and then you, you can get iPerf, the command line version, on just about any platform that's out there. 
And in the no good deed goes unpunished department, I have a couple of viewers who were upset that uh, the Mocha sponsored video was reviewed by the sponsor before it was uploaded. And actually I get these comments on uh, many of the sponsored videos that I post because uh, most of the sponsored videos I do uh, are reviewed by the sponsor prior to uploading. And I think I'm one of the few YouTubers on the platform that actually uh, discloses that fact to the viewership because FTC guidelines are pretty clear that if somebody had some influence in what you are saying, even if it is a sponsored post, you should let the viewers know that everything is not your own opinion, uh, just so that people have a good uh, understanding of what they're about to see before they get into it. And that is why I make the disclosure here. And this is just a fact of business, that even if I wasn't making YouTube videos, maybe if I was making, I don't know, catalogs for a company, uh, it's not unreasonable for the company to want to see the final product before they pay for it and maybe offer some advice or some things that they would like to see changed. And that is often the case with, again, just about every other sponsored video I have done here on the channel. And I would venture to say every sponsored video you see anywhere uh, on this or other video platforms like YouTube, because that is just common sense business for someone to want to see what they're getting before uh, they have to pay for it. And I think it's a uh, important courtesy to extend in those cases. When I do editorial content, when I do a review, for example, uh, nobody gets to see it first, and I disclose that, but I figured, hey, if we're disclosing that nobody is seeing it in one video, we definitely should let you know that the sponsor is looking at this before it goes up. Uh, Mocha didn't change anything in this video. They added, they had me add a few things, just a few clarifications to make some things more clear, which I think actually made the video better, uh, but they did not ask to have anything removed from what I had originally put together. Uh, but I don't want to get into this whole thing about what was taken out and what was put in because we could spend half the video talking about those nuances. I think it's important just for viewers to know that uh, the, the sponsor who's paying for the video did have the opportunity to see it first before it went up. Uh, ethically, uh, in how I approach these things is generally, you know, people know when they work with me that they're going to get what I do. Uh, so if you don't like what I do, then it's probably not a good idea to sponsor a video on the channel because in order for, I think, the sponsored post to be effective, it needs to be a piece of native content, uh, something that is my voice versus somebody else's voice. And uh, I think that's an important distinction there. But I'm going to continue making these disclosures because it's important, I think, for people to know this. And I think a lot of people might be surprised that most sponsored content on the platform is reviewed by the sponsor first. And I think other YouTubers should be making those disclosures too when uh, somebody is reviewing their content before it's uploaded. Uh, the only sponsor here that doesn't ask for that is Plex. They give me kind of free reign to discover the uh, the software in any way I see fit once a month, and uh, that is their choice, but other uh, sponsors obviously would like the courtesy of a preview first. And Tux Digital had a very good question about my overall business structure here on the channel. I know a lot of you uh, like these topics, so I figured I would talk a little bit about this. So uh, he asks about my LLC, which is the name of this company, Lon.TV LLC, and why I chose to go that route. Now, LLC stands for Limited Liability Company. And before I go any further, I am not a lawyer and I am not an accountant. So uh, do not take what I'm about to give you as advice. This is just what I chose to do because this made sense based on my business, what my plans are for the business, along with where I live. Because geography plays a role in this in that 
here in the United States. Certain states treat these LLCs differently than others, and different countries have different designations for how you might incorporate a business, and you really should get a local set of experts to help guide you in this decision-making here. But for me, uh, the LLC was the proper structure just because I am a uh, single owner here, and I don't plan on taking investments, so this made sense, at least for now, to be an LLC versus another type of designation that I might choose. Now, the best advice I can give you, uh, it, beyond getting the accountant and the lawyer, is that whenever you've got some kind of business activity, is to try to separate that business activity from your personal activity as best as possible. And that means even if you are running a channel that's making 100 bucks a month or something, that you open up a separate checking account for all of the income and expenditures that you're going to make on that effort. Just because uh, you can, even if you don't have a, an official company put together, uh, you can write those expenses off on your taxes, provided your accountant gives you that uh, go-ahead, uh, because that eats into your business income, and you want to be able to separate uh, what might be a, uh, you know, a, an expensable item, like a repair of a piece of equipment, from something that might be a personal expense that you cannot write off on your taxes. And having a separate checking account for that uh, makes it easier for you to track, but also in case you get audited for you to show uh, the IRS or your taxing authority uh, the paperwork as to how you decided to uh, calculate your business income. So that's my first big piece of advice is separation. And that includes financial, but also a workspace. The basement where I do this in, I renovated it uh, about a year and a half, two years ago now, and uh, that came out of my YouTube revenue. Uh, you can't write off a renovation like that. There's depreciation and all this crazy stuff you got to do with your accountant again. But uh, nonetheless, I created a workspace where my work is done. And I don't really hang out down here when I am not working, uh, even though it's a pretty comfortable place. I got a nice couch over there. It's strictly a work environment. Uh, that's mental <laughs> for my own sanity's sake. I don't want to hang out in the place that I work at all day. But it's also important for, again, for tax purposes, that you have a separate workspace established so that everything in here uh, belongs to the company and everything upstairs belongs to me. That was kind of the, uh, one of the other things that I was thinking about as I was putting this together. Again, separation is really critical. The one thing an LLC provides, at least in my country and in my state, is also a liability separation so that if somebody files a lawsuit against me for the videos that I produce here on the channel, um, they will be suing the LLC because that is what created the content. Even though I, the individual here, am creating content, uh, I am doing it under this LLC, and therefore, hopefully, uh, my personal liability is limited in any kind of bankruptcy issue or any kind of uh, issue related to uh, a slander libel case, for example. doesn't mean I'm completely off the hook. Every good lawyer is always going to try to find some way to pierce the veil and say that there was some personal involvement with this, but generally your LLC becomes the entity. And I have insurance that covers the LLC for those purposes, including slander and libel, uh, along with a whole bunch of other things that I might get hit with. It's very expensive insurance, but defending a slander libel case, even if you are going to win the case, can cost a lot of money. Uh, H3H3 is a great example of that. They spent over $100,000 uh, on a case that they were right from the get-go on, but they had to go through the process of defending themselves in court, and it cost a lot of money. So uh, I am covered with that. I spent a lot of money on that coverage again, but uh, really critical. I've got insurance for general liability. If somebody comes into the channel here and trips over a wire, uh, the LLC's insurance will uh, help with that. I've had you know, workers' comp for uh, Corey, our employee here as well. That's by law here in, the, in Connecticut. And part of it is, is that many homeowners and personal umbrella policies 
won't cover you if somebody is hurt uh, doing something for you, even if it's your business, because um, that is how it usually works out. They don't want to cover business expenses, and uh, therefore you need to have separate insurance for everything. And again, it's easier to insure an entity uh, versus some carve-out that you've got uh, on your personal business there. So my advice really is getting that separation put together. And for me, the LLC made the best sense to do that. Maybe in the future, the LLC isn't the right way to go. I don't plan on taking investors, but if I ever did, uh, that might be something where I have to restructure as a corporation and I'll jump off that bridge when I get to it. But uh, for now, the LLC was very easy to set up in my state, just a single piece of paper that you got to file in along with some other uh, you know, related documentation on your overall structure and you're good to go. So uh, easy as pie for the most part. But again, I think the best advice I can give is separate, separate, separate. Even if you're not ready to form a separate entity, at least set up a separate checking account so you can keep your business activity separate from your personal activity. And really check your insurance policy because again, even if you don't create that LLC, and you're doing some kind of you know, business activity in your basement, and somebody comes over to help you with a video, they trip over a wire and hurt themselves. Even if you had like a huge umbrella policy to cover you know, incidents that might occur to the mailman who's delivering mail and slips on the ice outside, uh, those protections may not cover you for a business activity. Uh, and that, again, is why you really need to go talk with that lawyer and that accountant uh, to get everything set up and proper. Because even if you're only making 100 or 200 bucks a month, you still got a company, and that might uh, leave you vulnerable for potential liability somewhere. So uh, just think about those things, and again, get a good lawyer and a good accountant. I can't stress that enough. And our channel of the week this week is Business 17. This is a guy I've been following for a little while here. And uh, what he does is he goes out to tag sales and flea markets and tracks down a lot of classic games for his own collection. But I think he's also uh, polishing things up and reselling them as well. And he spends a lot of time doing this. And you can see how much he loves the chase and the find. Uh, and he's been doing some really good finds lately. And it's amazing. I don't know where he lives, but every time he goes out, he ends up getting some really decent stuff. So uh, check him out. He's got a great collection. And uh, he's really, uh, it's just really fun to watch somebody really enjoy what they do. And he's somebody that does. And I think he could use a few more subscribers. So check out Business 17. So our Q&A for you this week is I'd love to get some podcast and YouTube channel recommendations from you all because I'm always looking for new content to consume. Uh, so let me know down in the comments below and maybe your favorite YouTuber might show up as a channel of the week here at some point. So this week I've got a couple of things planned. We're going to look at that uh, Apollo Lake stick PC just like the little uh, Zotac we looked at two weeks ago. It is slower than molasses right now. So it's been updating for the last, I don't know, two and a half hours. We're hoping it's going to be uh, at least ready to go later this afternoon for us to start our evaluation. So hopefully we'll have that one up a little later this week if it gets through all of that. Uh, we're also going to be looking at that Oppo Blu-ray player. I did shoot the review on that one. So uh, it is coming up soon, so you'll hear from me on that. Uh, we're also going to look at that 24-inch 4K monitor. That's on my list of things to finish up today, so hopefully that will be up later this week. And I hope to get to that Nighthawk router as well that I talked about last week. And if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lawntv slash support to make a monthly or one-time contribution to the channel. We still support Patreon as well, along with some cryptocurrencies. We also have an ongoing relationship with Plex, where if you make a uh, Plex account, no credit card required at lawntv slash Plex, we get a small commission for that. Uh, we also get a commission if you buy a Plex Pass or gift it to somebody you know. So uh, check out those links if you want to learn more about Plex. And I've got a bunch of other stuff on YouTube for you to check out. We've got my extras channel at lawntv slash extras. 
You can go to my podcast feed for audio-only versions of this show and others at lon.tv slash podcast. We have the Snippets channel where I pull out search-friendly portions of this and other videos at lon.tv slash snippets. And our live stream archive can be found at lon.tv slash live streams. I do suggest you click the bell if you want to get notifications about every time I upload something or go live. So check out that notification bell. It is just as important as subscribing is these days. So uh, definitely do that if you like what I do. And we have an email list that I send out an email for occasionally at lon.tv slash email. We have my Facebook page at lon.tv slash Facebook, but I've been spending more of my time on the new Facebook group at lon.tv slash Facebook group. We've got a lot of people participating in that, and you can be one as well. Just sign up. I do have two very easy-to-answer questions on that Facebook group before you're let in. Uh, That is to prevent spammers from coming in. So answer the questions you get in. You don't answer, you don't get in. So just be sure to do that for me. And we also have the store set up at lon.tv slash store. That's where I sell things that I have previously reviewed here on the channel, and you can get an alert every time I add something to there at lon.tv slash store alert. I've got two items in there now. Uh, All prices up there are flexible if you want to negotiate, so uh, send me a note, and I will maybe say yes and maybe come back with a counter offer. so uh, let me know. I'm a haggler, so haggle with me a little bit if you want something and think it's too expensive. So that's going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. I want to thank you all for your continued support and viewership. Uh, Please keep those questions and comments and everything else coming down in the comment section below, and I will see you later on this week with more reviews of more stuff. Until next time, this is Lon Seidman. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters, including gold-level supporters of the Black Eyed and Blues Music Hour podcast, Chris Allegretta, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.